Well, hello and welcome everybody to the next episode of the Westlake Daily Podcast. And today's episode is part two of my discussion with Doug and Lindley on worship. In part one, we talked about why we sing. In part two, we're going to discuss why do we sing together? Why should we sing together and not just alone? And what impact does your singing have on me and mine on the person next to me? I often think of the Last Supper when, you know, it says Christ sang a hymn with the disciples. I find that to be beautiful. And and there's something in that communion together. I mean, not communion in the sense of of communion on Sunday, but community expressing a truth in unison or in harmony through song, I think is very reinforcing of, of your faith or strengthening maybe is maybe a better word. But I think we sing, I, I feel strange singing alone. Sometimes I do if I'm just, you know, if I'm, you know, mowing the lawn or whatever, you know, just hum something. But but I really enjoy it when I'm with other people and just hearing the strength of their voices and the beauty of, of the music that we're making together. There's something about that community that, pardon the pun, but it amplifies the truths and things that we are singing. For me, that's the importance of doing something communally. We're we're saying the same things. We're not just reciting them, but we're saying them in an artful, creative way, which again, as Lindley pointed out, that points to God's creativity. and, And we're acknowledging that, I think, through song. It's very relational and personal, isn't it? To do something, I mean, singing for many people is so personal that to, you know, if a stranger walks into a church and they've never never sung in a group before, it may be one of the places where they feel the most confronted, but it also can be one of the places where they feel the most enveloped by these strangers. And it's a relational experience, but it's also very physiological. So we know that, and I hear this all the time when people come and say, I've never sung in a choir, I'd like to sing in your choir. The experience of singing with your whole body and all your muscles and your, your you know, everything is involved. It's like giving your whole body to mm-hmm. worship. But to do that with other people, as Doug was saying, sort of elevates it and amplifies it. But I think it also operates a little bit the way asking someone to pray for you does. Sometimes I come and I'm, I don't feel like singing. I'm not in the mood and I wouldn't have sung on my own. It's not that I don't like the song or sometimes I'm just, I'm just coming in a headspace where I'm, I'm not prepared to listen. I don't want to sit through a sermon. I don't feel prayerful. I wish I'd stayed in bed and to come to a community where people will sing to me or sing for me. And I have had times when I've stood a little bit and I've sung, but half-heartedly I've sung mostly because I know how much work the music team's put in. But it's only taken a couple of verses of other people around me singing with more enthusiasm and singing, yeah, singing these truths at, at the back of my head with a commitment that actually just, it prods me and triggers me. And the number of times I've found myself at the end of a song that I was determined not really to sing, <laughs> singing with a great deal of um, joy and peace. That, that's part of what community is about, isn't it? We're not meant mm-hmm. to be alone. Yeah. And it helps to remind each other, to sing to each other, to sing mm-hmm. for each other, and that some days you will come and you will serve the person standing near you by singing a truth to them with an enthusiasm and with a faith that they maybe don't feel right this moment. Yeah. And they're strengthened by that. 
that you're well, singing as much for the other person as you are for yourself? I think it really can be. And we know, we know that human beings, we've experienced this in this lockdown, there's so much discussion online about how we read body language and facial expression and we need touch. And, you know, when you stand near one another, you stand close and you can see and feel the movements of the people beside you, hear the breathing, hear the singing. It brings you alive spiritually, physically, relationally. I think God created it because it's so, there's so many layers in, in one go. And it's, there's a reason why we often do it right up front at the beginning because I think it's much more difficult to walk straight in and start a lengthy prayer or to walk straight in and start the sermon because sometimes it takes that time, that communal moment. Yeah. Yeah, to, as heart. I said before, prodded. Yeah. yeah, to get the heart going. Yeah. Mm. And for God to, I think God uses that time. Or I, I, I have certainly experienced that he'll use the time to turn me around. To Sometimes it's a poke, like, who do you think you are coming with this? Yeah, you know, <laughs> you're the centre of the universe attitude. Sometimes it's, don't forget, I still love you. It's, yeah. you know, you had a rough week, but yeah. I'm still on the throne. I'm in control and I, you don't have to be someone. Yeah. You just have to come to me. And that's why it's important. Doug, you know, Doug and I and the other leaders spend so much time pondering what would be a good thing to come first or second or, you know, what somebody might be able to say when they first arrive at church. They're more likely to be able to sing all creatures of our God and King. You can praise that he made, you, know, you can look out the window and see he made that regardless of how we feel. Maybe it's not so easy to walk straight in and say, I love you, Lord. I'm going to give my whole life over. I just feel like I could follow you to the ends of the earth. That often isn't where I am <laughs> at that point. I need, I need some prayers. I need your sermon. I need quite a lot before I can say with real yeah. honesty, my life's I'm prepared to do a bit more than I did yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Something Lindley said also brought something else to mind, and, and that is there's unity in the diversity that's represented in the church when we sing together. We all come from different walks of life. We have uh, different skills, different talents. We have different roles that we play. But then when we come together, even as men and women, our voices are at different pitches and things. And yet songs are one way of, of expressing unity as the body of Christ. Of course, we're focused on the gospel and we're focused on what God has done for us, his attributes and things like that. But what I find beautiful is when we can express truths together and do that in a way that's pleasing to the ear, it's memorable. And I find in, the, in corporate worship a unity and diversity. That, that It uh, is exactly that, yeah. Mm. It is that unity and diversity, isn't it? You know, it's not all one sound. It's all these different sounds blended together that are beautiful demonstration of the Lord's body. Yeah, yeah because, it, you know, I think there are so many things that we can disagree on, but there's an unspoken agreement when we agree to sing the same words in the same song with the same sort of enthusiasm where it's tacit, isn't it, really, to say, yes, we actually are unified. We want to think the same way and, and be one. Which is a reason for singing good songs that are theologically true and not just sweet but true. Right. And something that can be true most of the time, you know, there are truths about God that are true all of the time. And there are truths about how we respond to God that are true most of the time. And then there are things that are true depending on where you are in your walk and at your level of maturity and your understanding. So it's important when we sing corporately to sing things as much as we are able 
to seeing things that can be true for most people most of the time. It helps that our God is unchanging. So anything about God's character that's biblical is a safe bet. Yeah, I think it was A.W. Tozer who said that most people learn their theology through what they sing. Mm. And the truth is what we sing shapes us, doesn't it? That's absolutely right. And again, going back to this uh, workshop that I went to, something that I was impressed with is that we have to be very purposeful about what we sing. And the gospel should be presented at some point through song. And, and that's something I, I had never thought of. I mean, yes, tacitly, I might agree with that. But the, the fact that there will be people in our congregation who are not necessarily believers, and they will hear the gospel hopefully through what is said, but then it should also be presented in song and in a way that maybe would stay with them after they leave the church and go out for the week. So for me, that, that's also something that is very important that we focus. What we sing about the, these truths have to always point us to the gospel and what Christ has accomplished. Yeah, I think I was just converted and joined a church, brand new Christian as a teenager. And this church, an Anglican church, sang Wesley hymns, and I had never heard anything like it. And, you know, you say, Doug, about bringing a tear to the eye, you know, still when I sing, and can it be? You know, this is a song that lives for me because it tells a story of the gospel of what Jesus did for me. And I remember the first time I heard a church singing it and singing it in all the parts and oh for a thousand tongues to sing and it you know the the telling of the story of the gospel together in a way that stirs our affections and teaches us theology there's nothing like it is there that's right yeah yeah guys thank you so much that was great pleasure well thank you doug and lindley and god bless you all